Thomas asked me to provide a list of the 10 top games of all time, which is a bit difficult for me because I have actually three different lists of top 10 games. I have a list of top 10 classic games, I have a list of top 10 Euro games, and I have a list of top 10 American or non-Euro games. So, because all these lists would be too long to present right now, I'm going to start with my list of top 10 classic games. And these are all, surprise, American games or English games. This has a reason. I basically grew up with American and English games because I started out, as many of you, as a role player and then discovered that board games were actually much more interesting. And at the time I was interested in that, I was mostly interested in non-German games because I thought that German games at that time were a bit boring. Only later I realized that slowly the German and also the Eurogaming craze had begun and that there were actually many, many very, very good games out there. And so it is difficult for me to combine them both in lists because I see them both as, as different things and equally interesting. Anyway, so this is my top 10 list of classic games. I'm going to start with a game that many of you won't know, which is Fellowship of the Ring. And this is not uh, the, one of the new Knizia games or War of the Ring. It is Fellowship of the Ring by ICE, Iron Crown Enterprises, from the 80s. And this is a game that has actually a pretty low rating on BoardGameGeek. I don't know why. I think most people don't know the game, but it is an excellent game, especially for the Tolkien fanatic like me. It is perhaps the most detailed and most thematic game ever published about Fellowship of the Ring. And it is also many interesting game mechanics that later found their way into other games. For example, there is a hidden movement system which is very, very clever and which uses dice and little stickers on the dice that are hidden from the players. It's not a war game, it's really an adventure game, but with very involved rules and a complete simulation of the journey of the Fellowship. And the beautiful thing about this game is that you can try many, many things and you can have the Fellowship do something completely different from what they have done in the books. And it might even work. I love this game. It's really, really a great classic game. Number nine is Gunslinger by one of my favorite game designers, Richard Hamlin, published by Avalon Hill. This is a kind of spaghetti western game in which you can resolve uh, gun duels between western heroes in a very, very detailed and involved manner, in which uses cards, timing cards. You can plan your move a bit like in Robo Rally, and you say what you're going to do and how long you want to aim, but everything you do takes very long to game and to play, but actually only represents uh, seconds in real time. And it's a very thematic game. It also has a role-playing element to it. You can evolve characters, you can play Native Americans, you can play gunslingers, you can play sheriffs, you can play outlaws. It has lots of scenarios. I really love this game. It's very underrated, but it has still fans up to today, which says a lot. Number eight is Acquire. This is also one of the games that actually made me interested in other games than fantasy games or science fiction games. It holds a certain fascination for me up to today. I don't know why. It's just a very, very elegant game, a game that you can play again and again and never be bored. Um, it involves lots of interesting mechanics, but is not very complicated, but also very difficult to master. A great game and one of the most influential games of all time, I think. Number seven, Tales of the Arabian Nights. This is also one of my favorite fantasy storytelling games and it was actually the first or one of the first games which used the kind of game book mechanic you know the, the books where you look up a paragraph and then you're asked what you're going to do next 
And um, I always loved these books and collected a lot of them. And Tales of the Arabian Nights actually managed to transform these books into a board game, into a real board game where placement of your adventurer and uh, also what he's going to trade in which cities um, uh, makes sense and also plays a role in the game. And there's also an uh, element of competition with the other players. It's a very colorful game and probably one of the best researched games about the Tales of the Arabian Nights. There are several new versions. There's an excellent new German version from five years ago, which actually improves on the American game, but it is one of the most prized games in my collection. I still like to play it. Number six is Britannia by Liu Palsifer. And this is one of the game genres that I really, really like a lot personally, and this is the sweep of history games, games in which you play a long stretch of history in an epic way, where you play thousand years of English history from Roman times to the Battle of Hastings. And Britannia was one of the first games who achieved this in a very, very elegant way. It's actually not a complicated game. It's a deep game. But the basic rules are very simple, and so you can actually also play it with non-gamers if they have seven hours of time. But um, <laughs> they will also enjoy it, and you learn a lot about British history, and it's also a very strategic and deep game, and in which you take a long time to master it. I like it. Number five is one of Avalon Hill's most classic games, and also one of the games that has been most asked for a reprint. And this is Titan. Um, a game that is so, so unique and so different from other games that it's still very, very popular with fantasy gamers. It's a fantasy battle game in which you walk around on an abstract board trying to collect huge armies of fantastic monsters like minotaurs, dragons, colossus monsters, and uh, you walk around with your own titan, which represents you in the game, and basically you want to vanquish all other players. But if you duke it out, you duke it out on a little battle board, and this depends on the area on the master board in which you fight. And the little battle board engagements are like little war games that only take like five minutes to play. And um, the rules of Titan are very, very elegant, very simple, and very addictive. Because you always think that you can master this game by careful playing, but then a die roll ruins everything. But on the other hand, it's not a luck game. It's it's a game in which people who really think about what they're going to do, they're, they're really going to kick your ass. So I think Titan is really one of the most replayable games. It has one big manco, though, and that is that there is player elimination. So it actually works best as a two-player game. Number four is Cosmic Encounter. This is also a game that has been extremely influential. It was produced by the old Eon game company, uh, which produced a huge line of influential games. And although Cosmic Encounter is rarely played today, it is one of the games that I would immediately say yes to if somebody asked me. I own several versions of the game. I have all the expansions ever published, I think, and it was a game that I was obsessed with, especially in my late teens. I had a gaming group. We used to meet up practically every week and play Cosmic Encounter with all expansions, and it was always very, very much fun. And it introduced the idea of having different roles in a game to the gaming public. And I think that was also one of the games that influenced Euro games a lot, because many German designers knew this game and were influenced by it. And Puerto Rico would not be Puerto Rico without Cosmic Encounter, so we should always keep this game in mind. Number three is Dune, also originally invented by Eon, but also published by Avalon Hill. 
I'm a big Dune fan of the novels of Frank Herbert, and I think this is one of the best, probably the best thematic game based on a book. It's very similar to Cosmic Encounter in mechanics, but adds so much more and so much more intrigue, strategy, car play. It is an extremely intense game. You have to play with six players. Every faction has to be represented. But I remember every game I ever played of Dune, and it was always an extremely intense affair. Number two is Advanced Civilization by Francis Tresham. This is a game which also has many memories for me. Um, it's a game that we used to play for weekends on end when I was a teenager in my local game store in Frankfurt. And this was also the time when I still had time to actually play this game, uh, which has become nigh impossible nowadays. But it's still a game that I think convinces through extremely elegant mechanics. It's actually not that complicated a game. Many think it's it's a monster game, but it's only a monster game because it takes long, not because it's difficult to play. Number one is Magic Realm, a game that also has a strange sound to many people because it's like the advanced squad leader of fantasy games. But in my opinion, it's the most complete fantasy game ever published. Um, all Talisman or Runebound or Warcraft or whatever games, I don't think they stand a chance against the king of fantasy games, which is Magic Realm. Never has there been a game which is so detailed, so rich in atmosphere, in strategic decisions even. And it's not even a luck game. It's a game that demands a lot of skill and also rewards planning and you walk around, you don't have battles by rolling dice, but you really have to think about which monsters to confront. Some of them are easier to beat for you, for your character, one of 16 characters, by the way. Some of them are, are more difficult. There's also a race between the players, and the game board is constantly changing. It's a wonderful game that I really, really love, and it's by one of my favorite game designers, Richard Hamblin.